A quick note to the listener. While this podcast references the 2017 total solar eclipse, I do believe that the information contained in it is still very valuable to the listener. The 2024 solar eclipse will occur on April 8th, and the path of totality will go from Mexico to Maine. So keep that in mind when you're listening to this podcast. Today on The Wired Homeschool, our future is so bright, we've got to wear shades. Solar shades. That's right, we're talking about the total solar eclipse that's coming up in August. We're going to talk about that and more today on The Wired Homeschool. Hello and welcome to The Wired Homeschool. I'm your host, John Wilkerson, bringing you tech, tools, and tips for homeschooling the digital generation. So I think I already mentioned this, a total solar eclipse is going to traverse the United States and it's quickly approaching. So do you know where you'll be on August 21st, 2017? You don't want to miss this opportunity. It's a phenomenon you and your kids will be talking about for years. Now, the best way to see the eclipse this year is to be somewhere along the path of totality that's going to travel from Oregon to South Carolina, diagonally across the country. Now, even if you're outside of this area, you'll still be treated to the site of a partial solar eclipse. And this is one that we don't get to see very often here in the U.S. We don't get to see very many eclipses, especially total eclipses. But if you're close enough, you're going to want to get somewhere along the path of totality. I mean, think about this. The moon passes between the Earth and the sun, and total darkness will engulf you. The stars will be visible in midday. I guess it's not total darkness, but you know, I'm trying to be dramatic here. I'm trying to, trying to work this up for you folks. Now, the best way to view the eclipse is to be there in person. So for many people in the U.S., you can drive anywhere between four and six hours and be somewhere along the path of totality. So the number one way to watch this is you're going to want to see it in person. Now, if if you can't make it, or if there's some kind of situation, if it's cloudy that day or whatever, you can watch it online, and I'm going to talk about that later. But let me talk first about seeing the eclipse in person and what you're going to want to do there. So the first thing you're going to want to do is make sure you plan ahead. If you haven't already started planning, you need to start planning now. You're not going to be able to wait until the last minute to make plans. Travel is going to be difficult as the date approaches, especially around major metropolitan areas. If you want to use this as an opportunity to teach your kids about astronomy, find some books or videos to share with them. You might want to start with a blog post that I made called Five Best Online Resources for the total solar eclipse of 2017. And there'll be a link to that in the show notes over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash 210. 
So plan ahead. Plan where you're going to go, how you're going to get there, when you're going to get there, where you're going to stay. And I'll tell you right now that most likely hotels are going to be, if they're not booked already, they're going to be expensive. Same thing with campgrounds and things like that. So you need to be prepared that you'll be paying a premium because the hotel chains, they're aware of what's going on. The camping spots are aware of what's going on. So things are going to be a little bit more expensive. Now, the second thing you need to be sure, and this is going to happen on the day of the eclipse, is you need to be safe. Of course, you want to be safe while you're traveling, but especially when you're viewing the eclipse, safety is important. So here's the thing. Animals tend to freak out when an eclipse occurs. So if you're in a rural area, watch out for strange behavior from animals. I would advise not to plan to drive too far on the day of the eclipse. And if you need to travel that day, be conscious of the fact that other people are going to be trying to do the same. So you need to have a lot of patience. And of course, watch out for crazy drivers. And primary among all of this is to make sure you have protective eyewear for viewing the eclipse. Do not look directly at the sun until it's totally covered. So once the sun is covered, it's okay for you to remove your glasses for naked eye observation. But until then, until it's actually, till the disk of the sun is covered by the moon, you can't do that. There's just too much light. And interestingly, I talked to my eye doctor once. I said, well, what's the deal with all the light not looking directly at the sun? Because you're you're shining bright lights in my face. Why is it not safe for me to look at a bright light in the sky? And he said, well, it's really not so much the brightness of the light as it is the UV rays. When you look directly at the sun, you've got UV rays coming directly into your eyes. And he said, that is the primary thing that causes most of the problems. All right. And so, so be safe. Make sure you have proper eye protection. I have a link to some eye protection on Amazon that you can buy. It's inexpensive. You can buy 10 pairs of these cardboard solar shades right now. As the day approaches, it'll probably get more expensive. But right now you can get 10 pair for like anywhere between $15 and $20. So finally, you want to be courteous. Now, I recommend that you and your family observe the event alone. But if you plan to go to a viewing party, be aware of the people around you. Don't block a person's view. If someone has a telescope, do not just walk up and start using it. Don't even touch it without permission. Professional and amateur astronomers are kind and helpful people, but touching their equipment without permission is a no-no. Some of these telescopes are extremely expensive. They might cost more than a car, depending on the equipment that they're using. So it's not something that you just want to touch without permission. I've seen people do that, and it is not looked upon very kindly. All right, so those are the three things. If you are planning to see the eclipse in person, these are the things you want to do. You want to plan ahead, be safe, and be courteous. So what about if you can't get to a location where you can see the total eclipse or it's cloudy that day? 
you'll only see a partial t eclipse. By the way, anyone who lives in the lower 48, you will be able to see at least a partial eclipse that day. So you'll see something if you're not in the path of totality. Well, even though ideally you want to see the eclipse in person, work requirements, family situations, and other situations that are out of your control may prevent that. The same safety rules are going to apply if you're not in the path of totality, if you're just viewing a partial eclipse, but at no point is it safe for you to remove your eyewear. So that, that's something to think about. And if it's cloudy where you are, or you live in Alaska or Hawaii or somewhere else in the world, I'm going to recommend checking out a couple of sites. One is the NASA live stream. NASA is going to be doing things all day long on the day of the eclipse. They're going to have people checking in from multiple locations across the country. And so there's going to be a lot of opportunity for you to see it and follow along with the activities that are going on there. In addition, there will be a SLU live stream. If you're not familiar with SLU, it is a online set of telescopes, and they frequently have live broadcasts where they broadcast what's being seen through the telescope. And links to both of those sites are, again, they're in the show notes over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash 210. Both of these sites are going to have excellent programming leading up to and the day of the eclipse. It's not the best option, but it's better than nothing. All right, so that's what I have to say about the eclipse. I hope you get a chance to see it in person. I am going to be seeing it in person. I'm going to have a couple of my kids with me. We're going to be traveling to see it. If you are going to be in Tennessee and you want to meet up with me for the eclipse, send me an email. Let me know where you are in Tennessee. I'll let you know where I'm going to be. And if we can meet up together and have an eclipse party, I would be more than willing to do that with you. So be in touch if that sounds like something you want to do. All right, let's go on to some general news. The first that I have for you is that Sony is releasing or actually has released clean versions of some of their movies and they're trying to appeal to families. They're trying to do one of these similar things where you had like clear play and vid angel. They're just trying to offer it directly. And these are the, these are the TV versions or the airplane versions of a number of shows. I've got more about that on the website. Everything that I talk about here today, there'll be links to it in the show notes. I've started a new podcast called Homeschool News Today, where I share a homeschool-related news item every day. And so far, I've been able to share one every day, but maybe there might be a day when I don't have, but the idea is to share a news item every day. And finally, if you have ever purchased one of the original Edison robots, I've talked about those before, there is a new firmware that's available to make it compatible with EdPi and EdBlocks, which are two programming languages. So if you got one of those, you want to check it out. And finally, for this week, I want to talk to you about the STEM app of the week. This is going to be a new feature that I'm going to have on my website. Every week, I'm going to feature a STEM-related app. And this one just happens to tie in with 
the theme of the podcast today, and that is the solar eclipse timer. And then what's really nice about this is when you're in the path of totality, you hit the little location thing on your smartphone, whether it's an Android or Apple phone, and it calculates when the four major events of the solar eclipse are going to occur. They're called C1, C2, and C3. The C stands for contact. And so you have these four particular points that happen during the eclipse. It will calculate them for you. It will tell you exactly what time it is happening. And what's really cool is it'll count you down to it. So you have an audio cue indicating when it's going to happen. And these are things that you're going to want to look for. I'm going to try and get an astronomer on the podcast here pretty soon to talk a little bit more about the solar eclipse, what causes an eclipse, why it's so important, etc. But these are important times during a total eclipse, and this app will tell you when those occur and help you in dealing with those events. So really cool. It's nice that it gives you an audio countdown. And for $2, I think it is totally, totally worth it. Well, that is going to do it for this week. I hope that you'll go by the website over at thewiredhomeschool.com slash 210. Check out all the notes there. Uh, The Wired Homeschool, it is a proud member of the Tech Podcast Network. For more family-friendly podcasts, you can visit techpodcast.com. And music for this podcast is by Kevin McLeod. It's called Retro Future Clean. You find more out about that over at incompetech.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sticking me in your ears. Now let's go out there and get your homeschools wired. Wired.